The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Welcome to a very special edition of the Rough Drafts Podcast. It is episode three of our reoccurring series, Nepotism, the podcast. (laughs) Yes, we're actually calling it this. I like it. It makes me happy. Uh, It's truthful because you're my brother and that's the only reason you're on this show. And when I say my brother, I do mean Alex B.M. Navas Fedchuk. And what that means is... Pretty good chance we're talking Hearthstone, which we are. And, of course, above me, my co-host, as always, Chase, Redshirt King Wassner. How are you guys doing today? Let's start with Alex. Alex, how are you doing? Wait, I thought you guys brought me on this show because when we went to Magic tournaments, I was the one playing card games and you were playing Fire Emblem Awakening. Yes. That that sounds about right. Of of the... Three people currently on this podcast. Two of us understand that Soul Fire is a thing that you play at the end of your combo. So, for to throw around some shade, just feels like an, an interesting opening play for you, Walter. It's like a turn two dirty rat. It might be a little bold. Might be a little <laughs> bit uh, out of out of hand. But you know, I I, I like. I, I I'm happy to have Alex back on. I, I think that regardless of. Uh, your uh, relationship with Walter. I, I think that we have some fun conversations uh, when you've been on before, and I think we're going to have some fun ones here, because God knows we've got a lot to break down. Clearly I'm doing something right. Otherwise, you guys wouldn't bring me back. That's fair. That is- or your resurrect RNG is just terrible. <laughs> Doomsayer every time. <laughs> <laughs> well... Speaking of dying, uh, the year of the Kraken is going to be dying. It is it is on its last legs. It will soon be passing uh, into the void, and we will be on to the year of the Mammoth, and obviously Journey to Ungaro, the uh, the first expansion of the new year. It has dinosaurs. Yes. It has dinosaurs. Like looking at all these cards, I was like, ah, nah, that's not actually going to have dinosaurs. Like that's just kind of silly. And yeah, it's actually all dinosaurs. And um, yeah. That's kind of interesting to me, but before we move to before we move to Jurassic Park, we do have to look back into the ocean that was the year of the Kraken. Alex, was there any any final thoughts? Any things that stood stood out to you about the last year of Hearthstone? Anything you want changed? Anything that you want to stay the same? Well, moving forward, I'd like to take a moment to look back on what we've kind of lost over over the months and. 
years. Um, Senex Hunter and Dying on Turn 7. Patron Warrior. A cute little card by the name of Reno Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> oh, I had to wear the shirt. It's, it's, really, he will be missed. He will be. Like, if... It wasn't for Reno Jackson, the meadow would be fast. Yes. Faster. <laughs> fastest. Fastest meta. It's this weird spot where, like, you know, we had all these aggro decks because we've given shamans so much direct damage to just hit you in the face, and pirates have so many ways of hitting you in the face, and... You know, they could just accelerate through everybody, but Reno keeps them in check because at least there they have that losing matchup and they have to put in some controly bits that they wouldn't otherwise. And then you have the Jade Druids who are just hanging out and they're being played 10% of the ladder even though they're not winning very much. Uh, I am a Jade Druid, so I can confirm it doesn't work very well most of the time, but they're there and, you know, shout out to them for... For trying, I guess that's something. So it's certainly been uh, a- an interesting rock, paper, scissors that has all been based around just a couple of cards, really, at the end of the day. And since those cards are gone, I don't really know what, you know, what we're going to be left with is going to be very dependent, I think, on what Ungaro is bringing. Well, when we look at Ungaro, it is going to bring us, uh, bring us some new mechanics, the first of which... A, a funny, tricky little phrase known as adapt. Ten possible options chosen like discover, and the same effect can be chosen multiple times. So Chase, yes. uh, as a noob, as someone who plays Hearthstone at the casualist of casual levels, mm-hmm. um, I can't make a minion have double taunt, correct? Yeah, well, I wouldn't choose taunt the second time that it's offered. I'll put it that way. Uh, I suppose you you could, but, I mean, yeah. Uh, Theoretically, it's in play, and what that does really, it's a a great way to balance it when you think about cards that maybe have two adapts, or, you know, can get up to four adapts, or up to ten adapts if you look at Bran plus the Paladin Quest card. Uh, That kind of keeps at least some sort of balance in there, and that you can't just guarantee that you're going to be able to get the thing that you want. It's going to, you know, you're going to have the three options and you're going to have to adapt from there. Ha! Huh? <laughs> they, uh, they, they did the thing. I said the word. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, um, it, it's, there are a lot of interesting options here. Uh, there's no one best option per se, you know, depending on what card it is that you're looking at. Uh, I think you'll, you know, depending on the board situation, you might have different things. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna want to take taunt unless your enemy has a massive board, and in which case, taunt plus three health is probably gonna be helpful to you. But if you're trying to get some big thing to just stick and deal a whole bunch of damage, and you're not so worried about AOE, well, stealth plus wind fury can be a thing, or stealth plus divine shield, and then how do they touch it, even if they have the AOE? So there, there are a lot of, I guess, interesting things on that end that I'm curious to see when they actually play out, uh, which ones stand up to the to the test and which ones end up being kind of a, a waste in, in that regard. What about you, Alex? You gave me a face when I said there wasn't one best option, so I'm assuming you think there is. I mean, 
as far as like I, Galvatron's definitely the outlier because you get five options so you're like oh okay well if we high roll we get like attack 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 wind fury stealth bye <laughs> I guess I, I guess you're just dead game over um no I don't think that there is a, a best option and that determining that does depend on the board state what minion you have like um Elder Long Tusk, one of the Druid ones, is a five-one for three. Adapt if you're holding a minion with five or greater health. Like, I'm pretty sure that your best options in those cases are like health, divine shield, playing spell. a better card. <laughs> if you're playing five attack or more, you don't get better cards. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so, all in all, it makes the cards really hard to evaluate because you have to look at not just like oh, okay well there's like a best like it's not just the best case scenario and the worst case scenario because you're never actually going to wind up in the worst case scenario like at its worst elder long tusk is like okay i have like a five three so it's going to eat something or a five one it's going to eat something i could make it an eight one ooh, and then it dies to a one drop um, I could give it death rattle, and then at the very least, I get two little plant dudes that also die. <laughs> like, it, it's just a really hard mechanic to look at and be like, "This is good," or "This is terrible," because right. it's it seems all of very, them. Yeah, it seems very like situation dependent, which I think is kind of interesting. Like I said, from like a casual aspect, because adapt theoretically could it works in any situation, like any one of these could work in pretty much any situation to help you out, except I think the death rattle. That seems pretty garbage to me. Eh, it, I think that that one's pretty, that one's pretty middling. The other thing, though, this is definitely going to improve some mechanics on players. APM is going to go up. Yes. Because if we've learned one thing from watching, like, the double discover uh, Kazak, the Bran Kazakis, if there's mm -hmm. one thing we learned from watching Bran Kazakis, is that you will rope really quick trying to figure out what to do yes so when we get those weird combos of like brand galvatron and wild click fast bam 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 yeah i mean honestly it's, and it's gonna be interesting because you know with that lack of reliability means that you know you could set up for lethals or you could be in a place where you know it, 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 there are just gonna be some really interesting choices i think and that alone is enough to make me glad the mechanic exists I am a little worried that it might be so strong as to edge out a lot of the other cards that have already been put out there, because if we've learned anything from Hearthstone's development so far, it's that cards that are able to be good in any situation are the cards that ultimately end up being played. And if Adapt is really good, then it's going to be hard for things that don't have Adapt to necessarily have the same versatility. They'll have to be really good in some other way. Uh, and that's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, I guess. I'm, I'm curious yeah, and, to see what that ends up being. And we have already seen some examples of Adapt being really good. Mm -hmm. uh, Vulcan Volcanosaur was just given to people today. And from what I've seen on Reddit and around the community, that it's already making a big splash. Just having that one of Adapt and then Adapt maybe Bran has something to do with it, but just seeing the adapt mechanic, even as a one-of, is already making a lot of waves. 
So, uh, Adaptus mechanic has definitely shown it has legs. We'll have to see what happens when the rest of the Adapt minions come in and how that ages. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. On top of Adapt, we also get something interesting, which, Alex, as a Magic the Gathering player, you have some idea about a quest-like system. I believe I've used, uh, what was the white health card? What was that called again? Oh, Test of Endurance. Test of Endurance, yes, where if you had, like, 50 or more health, you won the game. There was one that was, like, Test of Knowledge, I think, that was if you had, like, 250 or more cards in your Battle deck, of you Wits. Won the game. Battle of Wits. There we go. Battle of Wits. You so know, we're adding quests uh, to, to Hearthstone. And if I remember in Magic, the quest-type cards, you had to build a very, 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 very specific deck uh, to make most of them work. Case in point, no deck in Magic has more than 250 cards. So when you first saw quests introduced, what were your initial thoughts? And how have your thoughts changed now that you've actually seen the cards come out? Huh. Yeah. Neat. It's, it's a great idea in theory. I, You know, it's funny. You know, They talked about in testing... They actually originally had it cost zero mana, but then apparently because it was free, people would forget to use it. And so to make it so that more players would use the card, they made it cost one mana because that told players like, oh, I actually have to factor in playing the card to my turn, so therefore I won't forget to play it, which is kind of a baffling decision to me, but I mean, that's what the numbers tell them. I suppose it's all been balanced accordingly it's an interesting thing to say about your play testers like yeah we had a whole bunch of people tested out and they couldn't figure out to play the zero mana card so we got to make it cost something but uh i mean overall they're they, they do vary from class to class as far as effectiveness goes um some of them are a lot harder to reach than others uh but honestly a lot of it's just going to depend on how valuable uh the support for the quest is going to be you know, the Marsh Queen is a very strong quest, but if playing out a whole bunch of one-drops early is a very easily countered strategy, well, you're not going to care so much that Queen Carnassus seems busted. Uh, if it is, then it's going to be great, but that's because you already built up a situation in which you were able to put out all these one-drops and, and benefit from that. And, and we'll, we'll talk about all these quests individually, but I think that's kind of where I, I, open, I end up saying it's... A great idea that I think is often going to be too slow to be as valuable as people want it to be. And if the support isn't there, trying to brute force the quest because the reward is great, I don't think will be anywhere near as valuable as, well, I already have this great deck and I could throw the quest in there as well because it fits that requirement. Yeah, to, to speak generically about quests on a whole, which is kind of hard because the requirements and the payoffs are so different, mm -hmm. um, they definitely ask a lot of you in just the deck building alone um, to take it to Magic the Gathering like I normally do. In the Cons Magic Origins standard cycle, I played a deck based around Starfield of Nyx. So you had to have a lot of enchantments in your deck. Thankfully, we existed in a period where the support for those 
for that kind of strategy did exist, and the deck wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as it probably could have been if Starfield of Nyx was released in a different time period. Um, and it's a lot of the same here, is that do the cards exist that make the quests good? Mm-hmm. And additionally, it's not just, oh, I have all these enablers, I have all the right pieces for this. You still have to draw and play the quest, and I'm pretty sure that these things don't proc retroactively. Well, they start in your hand, unless you choose to mulligan it away. Oh, that is something starts that, in your hand? It starts in your hand. You will guarantee to get the quest in your hand on turn one, unless you choose to mulligan it away, which you can choose to do against uh, a deck that maybe is, is more of an aggro deck, where you don't think that you can afford to pass on that turn one. But you are guaranteed to have it, so you don't have to worry about drawing it. Um, there are also some weird rules about stealing effects. For example, you cannot discover a quest. So any spell, like discover a spell. But you can mind vision it. Or you could, uh, I believe you should be able to thought steal it because that's about the actual cards specifically in the deck. So if they did mulligan it away. But those are the only ways really to get, um, to get quests unless you're playing, uh, mana bind. And spoiler alert, you won't be playing mana bind. So it's, uh, it's, it, it, Definitely has more consistency as far as getting the quest to, to start off, because it is in your hand unless you choose not to have it there. But, you know, take, let's think about that, right? So if you have the, spe- the quest in your hand and you started first, well, then you only have two cards and whatever card you draw. So you're automatically starting with fewer cards than you naturally would want. And depending on how the value of the deck goes, that could come back to be a problem. It like you, the deck still needs to be good regardless, but it does help the quest strength that you don't have to worry about. Am I going to draw it? Ah, oh, I don't know how I feel about that, but today I learned. Yes, I am the I'm the lucky ten thousandth. <laughs> so, hey, but anyways, yeah, like I said, it's it's hard to speak about quests generically because there's just so much minute detail about them. So why don't we start moving into classes? Yes. Well, well, we have one last one last sort of unique thing for the set, but it's very, very minor. Uh, they added a new tribe slash tag. Uh, they added elemental, and uh, it mainly is a lot of wording in terms of uh, if you played an elemental last turn, and then you get to do some sort of spell effect. Uh, but elementals are now a thing, and retroactively some cards are being changed to the elemental class. Uh, like water elemental will now have a water elemental tag on it uh, will now have an elemental tag on it so that's a new tribe that's being added uh, in Journey to Anguro I really wish they made a dinosaur tag instead of beast I want dinosaurs because these are not beasts these are dinosaurs let's well, call it like it is folks I mean probably the most obvious statement in the face of Hearthstone but Elementals, they'll land somewhere on the power scale from beasts to pirates. Not sure where. Yeah. That does not sound like a ringing endorsement. I mean, <laughs> yeah, much like... I, I, I think that each individual class is going to have a very different response to the elementals, right? Uh, I, I think that, you know, obviously a class like Paladin that has no class-based elemental cards isn't going to be running any of these elementals, but... You know, if Mage, you know, believes that they can get enough uh, discovers off of things, you know, that's what their quest is going to be doing, right? So, 
there are, you know, there's an elemental Shimmering Tempest that allows you to add a random mage spell to your hand. Well, that gets you closer to fulfilling your quest, and it activates an elemental trigger, and if the three-drop elemental is any good, well, then now you can kind of spin these off, but overall it kind of... I, I think that what's going to end up happening is you're going to keep on to, like, one or two really cheap elementals, which you'll play out the turn. You want to activate a really big thing, and... You know, that's it's got to be those kinds of swings that justify whether elementals are played or not. That's fair. Let us move on as Alex is so desperate to get to the individual classes themselves. And we're going to start with Druid because it begins with D and D comes before every other letter in the alphabet except A, B and C. And we're going to start with our quest, uh, which is Jungle Giants. Quest that says summon five minions with five or more attack. And when you do this... You get, uh, get Barnbus the Stomper, which is an 8-8 for 5 that reduces the cost of all minions in your deck to zero. That seems kind of strong to me, maybe? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, by the time you've played five, cre- five minions with five or more attack, it's probably a turn 10 already, and who cares? Exactly. Like, if you, unless you have, like, a ton of card draw, and, you know, Nourish exists, I suppose, but as a general rule, what's going to end up happening is you're going to fulfill the quest, your minions will cost zero, you'll have one kind of swingy turn, and then if your stuff sticks, you win, if it's board cleared, then you probably don't unless you get a second Nourish and get to do it all over again. But, like, we already had Aviana for a deck like that? And Aviana Coon, where you could basically get 10 mana and get everything to be, you know, 1 mana. The difference between 1 and 0 mana that late in the game is not that significant. Like, that deck saw very limited combo play, and you can't... Like, maybe Mally Druid is a thing? Like, if, if Mally Druid is the one place where I could see it kind of making sense, because you, you get the quest and then... You play, you know, you got zero mana, Mally goes, spell, 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 spell. But then you have to jam your deck full of crappy minions with five attack. Right. And what, what do you then you have to have enough is? of them. Then what I, do you think the archetype for Druid is? Jade. <laughs> God. Uh, I hate that you're probably right. Like, so this like, did not, what you're basically saying is that this this is doing nothing for Druid. It's just we're going to live with Jade Druid for the rest of our lives. I mean, Timmy's are going to be happy. Like, the, the yeah, Timmy's no, here are going to be I'm like, oh, that there's not... I get to build giant things. All the giant things. Yeah, like, like Druid Stompy. Yes. I guess that that's the, the name that I'll attribute to this. Like, Druid Stompy is going to be a deck. Will it be good it's kind of hard to say because we run into that, well, by the time that you play Barnabas and you have, like, your big swingy turn, if it doesn't win you the game, then you've probably just lost or you're already dead. Right. And Jade Druid just feels like it's in a better spot. I mean, the big issue that's keeping Jade Druid down is, one, it's inconsistency, and two, Pirate Warrior exists. Mm-hmm. But if something comes up that actually does deal with Pirate Warrior, I don't know, there's a there's a, a hungry crab in here that eats pirates. Yes. That's but like if something if something comes along and can 
suppress aggro decks enough to let Jade Druid thrive, then why would you ever play this deck? Like, why would you ever play Stompy when you can just play Jade Druid and have a way better late game? And early game. And mid game. Just, and just play a better game altogether. Yeah. I... It's, it, it, I guess, then, is there any card in here that you think then uh, helps Jade Druid? Is there anything that gets it kind of over the hump of the Pirate Warrior or makes it a better deck? If you, nothing jumps out to me. I mean, if you really wanted to ramp, uh, the answer is a neutral card that we're going to get to uh, in more detail later. But Spirit Slinger Umbra into uh, the Mana Bloom, I believe is what it's called. Living uh, Mana. Living Mana, yeah. That would be really broken because you just get to double your mana, essentially, when the, the two twos inevitably die. And you get all these two twos to flood the board. And that seems pretty good as far as ramp ability goes. That's that's a pretty permanent ramp right there. I, I don't know or, if it's... Yeah? Or you get mass dispelled and wastelanded into oblivion. That would be a concern. <laughs> I mean, I, my, my problem with something like living mana is like... It's not like magic where I can play literally as many creatures on the field as I want. You have limited space that you're allowed to actually have creatures, and you don't have charge on them. So it's like you play living mana, it's almost a dead turn to me. I, I don't know. Am I, am I overthinking this? Like, I just, well, it feels very weird. Here's, here's the idea, right? If we're not in a mass dispel meta, uh, let's say turn one, innervate, innervate living mana. So for one turn, you know, you only lose a mana crystal. But you it got doesn't five. Count it doesn't count. Does it, it does not, not count innervate? No. Oh well, then living is stupid. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm getting at. That was what everyone thought. It was like, oh, innervate, innervate, living mana. Cool. I have five two twos on turn one, and then someone's like, oh, it doesn't work on innervate. So now this card feels just awful to me. Does it? Because no. you have limited minion space. Like that's what seems so weird to me about. About cards in Hearthstone where they're like, oh yeah, you gain a whole bunch, like, you gain all these creatures. Like, there's like a card, the Warlock quest, I think is absolutely garbage because it takes up so much board space. And because you're limited on board space, it's like, why do these, like, how does this help me? I can't do anything with that creature that turn, and I can't kill it to get the mana back on my first, like, I don't see how you combo out of this. This is just, I want to take complete tempo advantage of having the most creatures on the board. I don't see where it, that really helps you. Yeah, I, I don't that's know. Probably it's, it, though. Yeah. That's probably it, though. That's, that's exactly it, though. It's a card that converts mana into board state, which I mean is how minions work, but it's about taking a little bit of mana and turning it into a lot of board state. <laughs> Savage Roar is still a classic card. If your opponent doesn't respect you when you living mana on five... And they're like, nah, it's it's fine. I'll just like develop a minion. Or if it's like an empty board, you swipe on four. They play something. Dirt, like your druid opponent just like natural nourishes. Nourishes, yep. You play this, and they're like, I'm druid. I can't really interact with this. Uh, six drop pass. You're like, okay. Um. I'm going to say Mark of the Lotus because I forgot the two-mana one. Yeah. Power of the Wild? Power of the Wild, yeah. So yeah. You I like guess... Power of the Wild, Savage Roar, and then they're dead. Right, or except you lost wild. all of your mana, 
so you oh, can't right. do that. <laughs> you yeah. Because you need to have all your innervates saved up. God, that card oh. sucks! Why did they do that? It looks like it would be amazing, and then when you uh, actually think about it, you're like, wait, that totally screws me over. I can't do anything with this. Oh, man. That's... Firebat, disguise toast, get on this. Yeah, yeah like, that's, that's, I just, Here's... I I saw it, and it was like, oh, man, that's such a great card. And then even the Intermate thing, I was like, well, yeah, but that's still a good card. And then you're like, but then I just have a bunch of two twos. Yeah. And when they die, like, I guess when they die, I get the mana back. But again, eh? Again, okay. that that fringe case where you're getting uh your your uh God, the the um spirit singer Umbra is like the yeah. one case in which that works, and you're not gonna run the combo for that. The one other card, I mean, there's an interesting kind of space for evolving spores that I'm curious where you stand on this, Alex, because I've gone back and forth in my own head between. That card will be great because you could play a whole bunch of Jade stuff, go wide, do the Evolving Spores, suddenly all your Jades are like super good, or at least more resilient than they were to things like AoE Clear. Um, and there are a lot of, you know, you know, Jade Behemoth, six mana, get the thing, and then a Jade Golem, and, you know, it seems like you should have enough of a board state to do it, but it's also four mana, so it might be too slow. Where do you stand on it? Too slow, dead card if you have no board. It, it might see, like... Token Druid has always been something that's not played enough to be, like, represented much. But it exists. I've played the deck before to middling success. That's a word I'm going to use a lot today, middling. Middling. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I don't know if I would ever play this over... It has a much higher ceiling than something like Spirit of the Forest. Um, but much like Spirit of the Forest, like it just if you don't have a board or you have a very small board, it's either overcosted for what it does or it says your maximum hand size is reduced by 1. Right. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh... It's not a great draw in a top deck war, and I don't think that's something you can afford um, in a lot of cases with them. So, overall, I, I guess it's safe to say we're feeling pretty meh about the whole thing. Tyrantis is fun for, for Timmies that want to just have a 12-12 that can't be targeted for uh, by anything. That might be slightly better than people think just because I think can't be targeted is very valuable, but... Half the fun of Deathwing with none of the feel-bad. <laughs> yeah, it's a very mild. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, can't really get excited about a, nah, not quite Deathwing. Well, I mean, it can't be targeted by. Oh wait, no, it can still be big game hunter. Never mind. Yeah, no, it's, it could be big game hunter. <laughs> it could be you know any silence battle cry, which I think we're gonna with all of the adapt. I expect silence to make a pretty big return. I think either spell slinger or even iron beak owl is going to start being relevant again because. I- Getting ready, being able to remove the adaptations is going to be valuable. Oh, oh God! The Silence Priest meta. Yes, oh. Purify was right. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of hunters, let's let's go ahead and move on to hunters, and we're going to start with their their legendary quest, the Marsh Queen. Play, uh, yeah, we're going to play seven one cost minions, and you get a eight eight for five. That then shuffles fifteen. 
three two Raptors for one into your deck. Alex, I, I see you rubbing your head your your head in just utter joy for this card. Um, what do you think? <laughs> it's it's not as offensive as some of the other ones we'll get to. How 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 many one drops do I need to play statistically to make this card decent? At seven? Well, no, 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 no. no. How many cards do I need to play? How many one drops do I need to play in my deck to reliably? And and it's minions. It's not even spells. It's it's yeah. And and this is the thing where there are two kind of theories that I've seen come up. Uh, The first is that you just play all of the one drops. Just vomit your hand out. Hunter has enough of a you know. At the very least, you can like hero power, and you'll have. You know, enough spells so that you'll you'll mostly get through pretty quickly, and then you'd get this and you could just go through your entire deck. Then there's the idea of, like, a mid-range version of this, where you have the Tundra Rhino that you're hoping to, you know, have all your Kanasas Brutes. So, one mana, three, two, draw a card, charge. That seems pretty ridiculous, um, and that would be relying on things like the Tolvir Warden, which is a five mana, three, five, battle cry, draw two, one drops from your deck. That's really good if the Marsh Queen is good, and I, I get the feeling that it will be, because any card that allows you to cycle as effectively as these will allow you to do, that almost always finds value. And it also helps that they got two really good beast one-drops in this deck. You have the Jeweled Macaw, you know, which is babbling beast, essentially. You know, get a random beast in your hand every time you do the thing. Okay, seems right. Okay. Uh, small Raptor, uh, the one mana two one death rattle summon a one mana put a shuffle a one mana four three into your deck. That also seems pretty good, and it's another one mana card to come back later. So, I, I think that there's there's certainly room for it. Uh, you you know, it, it depends on. I, I'm not. I'm just not sure which one of those two versions is going to be the better version. My my assumption is going to be the mid-rangey version because, you know, you can rely on things like Stampede or, or Dinomancy to get yourself through and, and get to the point where you can play the, the quest and then hopefully just combo your opponent out from there. It's uh, my thoughts. Alex, if I remember correctly, you mentioned something in, uh, in our, our Twitter DMs when we were talking about this episode... And you said, did I read Dinomancy correct? Was that was that a good thing? Was that a bad thing? No, it was... I mean, it says beast. <sighs> Why? <laughs> oh, anyways, there's, there's a lot of beasts. In, it's, there's a lot of beasts in Hunter. It's probably fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Dinomancy is an interesting card because it doubles down on basically what everyone's been saying about Hunter since hunter has been in the dumpster of blizzard hunter needs to fight early for the board and if they can't get it they're not they're not a they're not a class mm-hmm. what that does is it takes cha- steady shot and allows you to go okay sure let's take this jewel this small raptor let's take this small raptor not very imposing on its own but what if you know, turn one, you jeweled macaw. Turn two, you dinomancy. Your turn three now is small raptor becomes a three mana four three, which isn't bad. And then you have that hero power. So if you are stuck playing this, we're just playing a bunch of one drops and 
hoping to god that works like all of a sudden dinomancy lets you make those relatively bad minions you're stuck playing not as bad the trade-off being though is that you get rid of your ability to pressure your opponent on a separate axis one of hunter's other strengths was its reach before shaman existed mm-hmm. um back in the days of senex hunter there was tons of times where your opponent would start to stabilize they'd put up the taunts to get in the way of high savannah high mains uh whatever other creatures you had on board and then you would just kill command kill command steady shot them and it wouldn't matter right you give that up you give up that ability to pressure your opponent in a way that is not on the board it's it's very much a a tempo play and you know if if assuming that these beasts that we think are going to be good are going to be really good and crackling razelmar is also uh three two adapt a friendly beast that seems good um so I, i i think that if all these beasts are as good as we think they're going to be well, then suddenly Stampede becomes really powerful because not only yes. does, you know, it. I understand that Lock and Load wasn't quite as effective as people thought it was going to be because it's, a lot of the Hunter spells just aren't particularly great and they aren't particularly cheap enough to spawn enough of them to get your value out of it. But Stampede, like, man, there are a lot of good one-drop beasts here, and you can get a lot of more one-drop off of the one-drop off of the one-drop. If you just have a couple cards in your hand that you know you can play with it, the potential swing in value is just massive. And the fact that it also can probably help your quest out because there are enough one-drop beasts out there doesn't hurt. It's going to be... I have a feeling Stampede will be a a staple of that beast that beast mid-range hunter thing that I've invented in my head that will inevitably fall short of, you know, the hype that everyone seems to be having about this card. See, Stampede feels like another one of those, like, you're going to burn your rope. Like, you need to you need to be very, very quick on your draw as you're doing this, because I can just see you get your Marsh Queen, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're stack drawing these, uh, these you know, Karnasa's Broods, and you're also getting these cards in your hand, and you're trying not to just to burn the cards that you're drawing because you're full hand, but you also, like, I can just see a lot of uh, players like myself being very confused when they're trying to play it, like, Wait, which card do I play? What, how do I do? How do I complete my combo? So I just think that'll be very interesting. I can't wait to see a professional do it for the first time. Because that'll be very entertaining. It, it's going to be entertaining until you get to like a turn 10 where it's going to be a thundering rhino, a stampede, thundering rhino, one drop, one drop, one drop, one drop. Their hand is full. They have all this charge and you're going to be like, what was the point of any of this game? That's going to happen <laughs> to somebody and stampede is going to be their least favorite card that was ever made. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I think that Hunter certainly needed some help. Uh, whether this proves to be too much help, I'm not entirely sure. Carnassus Brood just seems really, really good, but I, I think that there are other things that theoretically should be keeping Hunter in check. Uh, oh, and, and can we just take a, a moment in silence for King Crush, who, now that Swamp King Dread is a thing, just has no purpose or value in the game of Hearthstone? Not that he had much anyway, but... Charge! Sure, but this is essentially charge and that everything your opponent <laughs> plays gets smacked right away. Like, it's not face charge, but it's it's destroy all of the things that hit the table charge. Yeah, Dread could be pretty oppressive, but you know what? Hunter has been... 
Hunter doesn't even have, like, any fin. At least Paladin has any fin, which is, like, the fourth or fifth best deck, according to Vicious Syndicate, oddly enough. Huh. Yeah, that's really weird. But, um, like, they don't even have that going for them. So if Swamp King Dread is a little bit on the overpowered side, fine. It's a seven drop in Hunter. They've never gone that far before. Yes. Um, not since the days of Boom, but everyone played Boom, so... Ah, Dr. Boom. Never yeah. forget 8-mana Call of the Wild. There was there was a time. A very brief time. And uh, and for the record, Paladins, um, they're not going to have anything can happen anymore, because that was in League of Explorers, so... Oh, I, I, I know. At but... least... They, well, no, I just... I bring it up because the idea, well, at least they have this, like... Nope. Uh, <laughs> like, like it, like it seems like uh, Blizzard just picks their one or two classes every expansion that they want to help, and uh, well, we'll get to Paladin. But Hunter got the help here. They've been out of the limelight for a while. I think it's overdue. Um, yeah, and if this stuff doesn't turn out to be as strong as we're expecting, I mean, Hunter can't get worse. So, <laughs> yeah, there are only going to be more synergies to this going forward as they continue to make expansions and. The quests vary, you know, depending on which quests get super powerful. Um, we're going to see a lot of things, I think, built around that as far as how they plan their future expansions. So should be interesting. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting that you guys bring up Time and Hunter because we're going to go to Mage. And uh, Mage seems to be all about time with their quest. Open the way gate. Alex, you laugh. You laugh so much. What originally to me is an interesting theory of casting six spells that didn't start in your deck. It, it grants you an extra turn. Yes. How, how, I feel like this is good, but I'm not positive. OP. OP. Alex Broken. says OP. Broken okay. as hell. Okay, how, how, how I, I'm a nub. How is it broken as hell? Uh, five mana, draw a card, regain all your mana, your opponent can't respond to your Antonitis, win the game. Yeah, this is, this is gonna be silly. And, look, like, discover <laughs> cards in, in Mage are not that hard to get, right? Turn one, Babbling Book, okay. Cabalist Tome. Cabalist Tome. Primordial Glyph is now gonna be a new thing. Discover a spell, reduce its cost by two. Uh, I don't remember if Ethereal Conjurer is still in the meta or not. Um, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Shimmering Tempest is a thing. That, oh, wait, you said Babbling Book. Uh, Spellslinger. Elise. Yes. Yeah. Elise the Explorer. Yes, that's just five get, right there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all Literally, all you need to do as far as, like, oh, deck building constraints, uh, play this, play Elise, draw pack. Oh hey, there's five spells I didn't start the game with. Hell, oh, five cards you five cards you didn't start the game with. So I guess even, it's not as well, as solid. Even Flame Geyser, right? Adds a one two elemental to your hand. That didn't start. So now you had a, a two spells. mana deal spells. to. Oh, spells. Yeah, it is spells. Okay. but there, still there is one that gives you a spell. There's a lot. There are a lot of things that can. Yeah, the the I mean Primordial Gift alone is probably going to be super playable, and I, I think that that. Shimmering Tempest Babbling Book, you're already at six potential from there if you draw all of your copies of it. So, 
And, and even if you don't, well, then you could probably build some sort of tempo thing around it that has the one big finisher, like an Antonitis, and things get really good. So, I, yeah, it seems seems silly strong to me. Uh, I guess the question is going to be, do mages survive that long? Because, yeah. you know, without Reno, there it's going to be harder for them to come up with that control variant. You know, you can't do the ice block and then trust that you can get all the way back to full health again. So if aggro is super strong, you can't really afford to play a Cabalist Tome in a meta in which you're dead by turn 6 or 7 on an average game. Like, that's just I mean, too slow. You still have... You still have Ice Block. And... I mean, you... If the payoff is you're taking an extra turn, that's definitely something that needs to be invested in. Yes. Because, you know what they say... There's plenty of time like the present. <laughs> yeah, apparently no. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, God. I hate you. I, I hate you. It, it's funny you're bringing up all these other mage cards because the mage card that stuck out to me was Pyros. Mm. I like kind of like Phoenixy effects. Like, I, I don't know. It's just kind of neat to me that you, you it dies and then you get to put it back into your hand. And then this... this is this better than I? Is this worse than I think it is? If I'm just overhyping it because I think it looks cool, like I, I mean, guess it's, it's a six six we, six. It's not as broken as we originally thought it was. When we we're like, oh wait, no, it just keeps on. It like just keeps on coming back. Yeah. No, like it it eventually does stop, but it scales throughout the game, mm -hmm. which makes it kind of free. Like a mm -hmm. a two mana two two is sufficient to fight for the board early on a uh, six mana six six isn't great a 10 mana 10 10 isn't great but when as we've seen from cars that just like put things into your hand i i didn't put it in there so yeah. i don't really care that much now at the very it's, it's uh you know a two mana a, a, a two mana two two if that had like discover a creature and the creature you discovered was a six mana six six you'd be pretty happy with that as a general rule like that's still enough value and obviously because it's a death rattle it's not quite as strong as that but it also has that extra ten drops so you get to do it a second time theoretically uh, cards that get you more cards are almost always good um, but it's not the strongest card in, that got released for mage I think if it's not if it's not the time warp open the waygate quest line, uh, I think Arcano uh, Arcanologist is going to be very very good, because we all remember that Mad Scientist was stupid in Mage, and now you get to draw it, so it's not quite hits the table automatically, but it's a two three that draws a card that you very likely are going to want for your tempo play. That seems pretty good. I like it seems anything that draws a card a specific card that you need if you can guarantee two mana two three guarantee your ice block that seems pretty good to me that seems yeah. strong when you when you say like that definitely sounds a bit better at first blush i looked at arcanologist i'm like well it curves into cure into our mage so i guess here's our token we really want like no seriously guys play secret mage <laughs> <laughs> you have this, you have Kieran Tormage, you have Cabal Lackey, you have Cabal Crystal Runner. What more do you want from us? Play Steel Secrets! Arcanist. Poor, 
poor uh, Arcanist there has just been sitting since basic, like, please play me. And we're like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be... It won't be Mana Bind, I'll tell you that much. That's not going to be the secret you play from your deck, because I understand that that does help with your uh, Open the Waygate quest. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But, Mana Bind doesn't help, doesn't help you at all. Yeah, um... Yeah, it's basically, at what point would you rather have Mana Bind down than, say, Counterspell? Like, e even as a coin, like, do you want a zero mana coin? Like, no. Like, that's still not good for you, even if they were to disrupt it in that way. Like, it just... Oh my god. <laughs> Wait. Berkeley Bully. Okay. God, Open the Waygate is so broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> has a thing that exists and is already being played and in Reno Mage to a certain extent. I... Point being, Mana Bind looks, looks a lot better as Counterspell. Moving on. Yes. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, okay. I mean, that's fair enough. I guess we should move on to Paladin and totally skip over Mage because, you know, that's the class that I like to play. We we, but even skipped over Mage. What are, what are we missing, Walter? What, what card do we not give enough time for you? We don't want to hurt I mean, your feelings here. I mean... I we we went over me. It's just I just kind of <laughs> want to just gush over Pyros because I can't wait to play it like eight times and just have it get silenced every single time because I hate my life. And then the one time I Iron Beak Owl of somebody else's, I'm just gonna grin. I'm gonna grin and concede because I'm like that's all I wanted from life. <laughs> Moving on, Paladin. Look, hold on, we talked about time warp. What else is there to discuss? It's true. It's very true. Uh, there is Paladin, which we've already mentioned the reward from the Paladin quest, but uh, the last Kaleidosaur. Um, mm. Cast six spells on your minions, and it gives you Galvadon, which has Battle Cry adapt five times. So, Alex, is this one of those instances where, like, well, adapt kind of is really, like, situation dependent on how good it is? No, this is, like, you better hope that you high roll Galvatron and then kill your opponent on the next turn because you're playing buff Paladin. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's basically your only out. This card kind of sucks. Like, I, I don't... One of the things we've learned about buff Paladin over time is that, well, to buff things, they need to hit the table and they need to stick there. And you really don't want to do it on the turn that it hits the table because then your opponent can react in either like a polymorph or a hex or any of those mean things that make your Tyrion really sad. You know, the same problem happens when you buff creatures to an obscene extent. So you're not really going to want to play, you know, you're not really playing them on curve. So then you're hoping that your minions stick so that you can then play this buff thing that could just be played getting something better to stick. Like, there's very few, uh, I, I think, uh, spells that are going to target your know, minions that are that great in Paladin. Like, what, Blessing of Might? Like, plus three attack? Okay, but it doesn't survive any more. Uh, Spike Ridge Steed, which is one of the new ones. Give a minion plus two, plus six, and taunt. When it dies, summon a Stegodon, which is a two-six with taunt. I, I get the idea behind that, but, like, six mana for... A two, like two six of stats right away isn't good like that's not really uh, that's a, a huge tempo loss there that 
and the situation in which you're looking for the taunt, you're probably already behind in tempo. And what did you have that's stuck that you're even attaching it to? There are just there's so many questions. And I just think that it's going to be... It's just probably going to be too slow if you really wanted to do nothing but good buffs. And if you're not doing those, then you're playing a whole bunch of crappy buff cards. A dino size! <laughs> a dino size! Is eight man and requires you to have a dude on board. If the dino last kaleidosaur. <laughs> if, if the last kaleidosaur sees any play, it's going to be beside Primal Fin Champion <laughs> and the Vorax. Yes. And. I don't think that you play Spike Ridge Seed because if you're getting rolled over by like at, by like Pirate Warrior, don't worry, you can build a wall with all your bricked draws. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you if if you don't have a creature on board and you're targeting your buff spells on a one one, your Silver Rain Recruit, and you're having to play off curve to do that, you're gonna lose the game. Uh, I guess in theory, oh. Yeah, it's, uh... Six! Six is just so many. If it was, you know, five even, it would be probably easier to consider, because, you, you know, now you need to draw enough things that are going to stick to the board, and then the things to buff them. And, you know, Dino Size, I actually like probably a little bit more than you, because I think that if anything, even your 1-1 one -one sticks to the board there, and they don't have it, well, then suddenly you get a, basically a 9-9 nine -nine with charge in theory, is that, you know, now would be able to attack, and now it's a 10-10, and they had no way of really adapting to it right away, and bam, hit him in the face. I, I think a one-of, potentially, could see play uh, as, like, a, a, a secondary finisher attempt. I mean, honestly, like, this comes back to what we said at the top, which is that, you know, adapt is going to be a key decider in how some of these classes go, because one-mana spell adaptation, just adapt to friendly minion... If, if that's better than we think it is, then suddenly, you know, that's a very cheap spell to use. You know, if we want to, you know, you play your, uh, you know, whatever it is, your, your three drop or four drop that you want to stick to the table, uh, and then you play the adaptation immediately onto it, and you do the one that makes it untargetable to spells or hero powers, well, you're not going to be able to play any more buff spells, which is kind of crappy, but at least it doesn't get removed, which is... You know, for, for one mana, prevent Polymorph, like, that might be enough if you play Tyrion on turn 9, for instance. That would be a very interesting potential combo. But then you're still not probably running the last Kaleidosaur in that case, because you're really only looking at these couple of, of fringe cases and most of the buff spells aren't very good. So what's what's the best? I, I look at Paladin. The best card for me, I think, is Light Fuse Stegadon. Is am I right? Am I wrong? How many single uh, Silverhand recruits are you getting on the board in your Paladin games, Walter? Out of curiosity, I don't play Paladins. Well, so neither I, does I, anybody I, else, Walter. That's well, the point. That's the problem here. You can't like because it doesn't stick. All these one ones can be removed by so many different things. So what? Like you lost in the jungle, lost in the jungle, light fuse Stegadon. You get to adapt four things. But yeah. the adaptation, you can't pick for each individual Silverhand recruit. It's one adaptation for all of them. 
Oh, really? I'm almost positive that's the case. Oh, that's trash. If it's one for all of them, that's absolutely trash, and Paladin is a dead class. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to double check for uh, uh, on the list of frequently asked questions on this Disguised Toast site. Um, Thanks, Toast. Yeah, thank you very much, Toast. You're a um, lazy dude. I thank I Toast every morning, though. Where's the... I'm not... Uh... Why is it being so adapt? Um, God, it it. I, I thought for sure say. that was the case. I don't think it says. Um, players yeah. are pre- yeah. When they play a card with adapt, it says they are presented with three and choose one. So if it's only one keyword, I would assume it only adapts the one time. But it, it allows. E- I think it said it allow each one gains adapt. So to me, that tells me that each separate. Well, it doesn't say this. it give your minions adapt. It says adapt your minions. So oh, adapt so- the thing. So pick your one adaptation, they're adapted. That's the That's one adapter. Trash. That's, That's why Volcanosaur is phrased adapt, then adapt, not adapt twice. Or we like, you have to, I, I, I'm almost positive that's the case. I'm almost positive that's the case. Yeah, like, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's just put the nail in the coffin. Lost in the jungle. Is that a good card? No. No. Kinda, kinda. It's, it's like the, it's the tempo we hit. It's the tempo we have of um, that one druid card that's better than this, arguably. Muster for but... battle. But you don't get the ping effect. <laughs> no, that... no, no, no. No, the druid one. One man oh. and deal two or make two one ones. Oh, uh, living roots. Yeah, it's like the tempo we have of living roots, which isn't terrible. Okay, cool. Like, that's a, that's a medium card. Adaptation. Situational. Yeah. Probably a medium, right? Fair? You'd, yeah, you'd imagine. I, I'd say, yeah. Hydrologist. Discover a secret. Well, we know paladin secrets suck. So... What Bad do you card. think? Okay. Let's use Stegadon. I, I thought it was better, but if it's that all of them get only one adapt, then uh, that's terrible. Yeah. Spike Rich Steed. Mediocre. Vine Cleaver? Mediocre. Primal Fin Champion. I mean, yeah. theoretically, in Wild, I could see Wild having some, some value That's, yeah. in that regard. Maybe? Dino Size. It's called Dino Size! <laughs> like, come on! Dino Size! Sunkeeper Tarim. Uh, that's, I mean, that's all, actually... All other. All other. Yeah. Which in the including theory, yours, yeah. I but, mean, it makes it makes it makes your it makes your silver hand recruits three threes. He's quartermaster and then some. Yeah. He's actually pretty good. Now, now that now that I look at him after like this big doom and gloom stomping session, we get to Sunkeeper Tarm and it's like, yeah. But how many silver hand recruits are you going to have to change this? <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's what I just oh. learned is how many silver hand recruits. Oh right. So. And. If your opponent has a bunch of, like, if you're against Pirate Warrior and they have a bunch of dudes in play, like, are you going to buff your opponent's board? Yeah, never mind. And then the last Kaleidosaur is like, well, Galvadon's good, but you have to play all these crappy cards to get to him. Like, I'm sorry, Paladin, you may have the fifth best deck right now, but after rotation, you will actually have no deck. I say that, but... Kipler did hit Legend with Handbuff Paladin. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't so, know. Paladin's up in the Paladin. Paladin is lost in the jungle. Yeah. So just to clarify, because I did want to look it up, according to Gamepedia, which is the heart, you know, has a big Hearthstone wickety, uh, it can affect multiple minions. So each trigger is for the multiple minions there, not each individual one. So I, I was correct on that. We'll get whatever the one you pick. Yeah. So. Like even even in its current iteration with a very good deck, like even Vicious Syndicate's like, you're you're not playing Paladin unless you either A like the class or are B memeing. Yes. And that's like Memeing is like quoted from their site. I don't like the class, and I don't like our next class either, because it's priests, and I'm a mage player, and priest players can go screw themselves. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're probably not going to see very much Priest. Good! I'm glad, because Awaken the Maker seems like an utterly terrible card. I mean, you have to, again, you have to play, like, a ton of crappy cards to get there. Right. How's a Nazoth Priest doing again? Oh, it's not? Never mind, then. Like, that's... Yeah. Like, that's the the deck you put this in, right? You you don't change the deck list of whatever Nazoth Priest is going to be. You just add in... The new Death Rattles from this expansion, which is uh, Tortolan Shellraiser, 2-6 uh, with Taunt, Death Rattle, give a friendly minion, plus one, plus one. That's garbage. And then Ooh. Crystalline Oracle, which is essentially uh, a worse babbling book for priests, because you get it's a Death Rattle effect rather than a Battle Cry, um, which, you know, it does copy a card from your opponent's deck and add it to your hand. That has value. Straight up. That's value. But it is a death rattle, and it is a one-one for one, and I don't think that alone, like you don't want to bring that back with Nazoth. It hits your awaken the the Maker's Quest earlier, but okay, you you put yourself up to forty health. Well, what's your win condition then? It's still the same win condition that Priest wasn't fulfilling the last time. And here's the other here's the other problem, like when Nazoth is supposed to be your big okay. I win the game now, play. If you then need to develop an 8-8 taunt that puts you at 40 health... <laughs> if you need 40 health to kill your opponent after grinding them out until turn 10 or later... Mm-hmm. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, with the, uh, the turnaround for that one seems a little silly. Um, Curious Glimmer Root seems interesting. It, like, yes. rewards meta-knowledge, but I'm, like, I don't want to play a 3-3 three, three for 3, and do I really want to, like, sit down and have to, like, okay, what is the entire meta right now? What could potentially be in your deck? Which, to be fair, like, maybe you'll get a choice between some crappy cards, and... I guess there is some value in, like, you, you pick a thing and you know, and if you get it wrong, like, you know that card's not in their deck, and you know that one of the other two cards you were shown is in their deck. So if you look at it in terms of, you know, in, in Magic the Gathering, being able to under, you know, know what's in your opponent's deck has inherent value. Um, that, that could be useful. Uh, unfortunately, in Hearthstone, the meta usually establishes itself such that the knowledge that you gain isn't necessarily um, as valuable because you mostly can know what to expect. And even if you but, do get it, like, what... 
how many? What, what are the odds that the thing that you discuss that you take? You know, you still you're still flipping a coin to some extent, and if you're wrong, then I mean, you're I don't know. It, it seems risky to me, but in a way that I want to play around with and hope that the card proves me wrong. Well, and here's the other thing, though. It's three mana to get a 3-3, three, three, and it's not like Draconite Operative where you were discovering a card in your opponent's deck. Mm-hmm. Like, you have... It's better than 33% because you should know what's in their deck, but, like, you only get one card. Yeah. And, and in rare cases, you don't even get that. Right. And this guy's also epic, by the way. Yeah. This guy um, takes eight... This guy takes 400 dust to craft, and I'm not even sure I want him. I'll, I'm not I'll, even sure I want Priest. I'll put it this way. If Thoughtsteel read 3 mana, uh, you get a 3-3 three, three for, for 0, and maybe a second card? I'm not sure. Like, like I don't think that would make Thoughtsteel more played than it is now, and it's not played. Like, that's not... I mean, that's kind of the idea, right? Oh, it would and... Be, like... And... Here's how powerful their thought stealing is. They took lock and load and made it a creature. <laughs> don't don't mess with priests. They will they will do that. They will steal your terrible cards and then turn them into dudes. <laughs> or or ladies, elementals are kind of kind of hard to pin down. Yeah, they they go back and forth. I I will say the one thing about Awaken the Makers that is worth pointing out, it is summon not play. So even if you only ran like three or four good death rattles, you play them to Zoth, well, now you've summoned seven, you immediately activate your quest. Uh, something uh-huh. like Mirage Caller, you know, battle, it's a two minute, uh, three minute, two, three, excuse me, two is a friendly minion, summon a one, one copy of it. That's three, four in stats. That's not bad. Um, it's not as good, I think, as uh, Talon Priest, which gets you the uh, the plus three health. But if the thing that you summon and a one, one copy of- also a three, four. Yeah, and is also a three, four. So- just a strictly better card. Yeah, but the one-one copy, if the death rattle is valuable, a you've summoned another death rattle thing, and b you get that additional value off of that. Uh, now, Harold Village has never played, and Henry Carr that summoned those one-one copies for Priest has never been very good. But Barnes proved that one ones can have some value there. So, and like a Barnes, you know, Barnes on turn four that summons something with death rattle, that also helps. So. I can see a world in which Awaken the Makers surprises me. I just don't know what the meta that allows that to be true looks like. I don't yeah. know what we're looking at at that end. Oh, Awaken the Makers is a card that could very well, very possibly be good, and the deck that enables it be good. The problem is, is we know what that deck looks like, and talking about that further after spending time doing it before is boring. So it's just a lot more fun to beat up on it. Yeah. Uh, much, I mean, much like Priest. It's just more fun to beat up on Priest than to be Priest. <laughs> I mean, the three cards, if we wanted to see, like, fun cards, um, Free from Amber is yes! going to be fun. Yes! It's, it's a total Timmy card. Yes! But I just, I, I'm imagining the time when you play that and you discover the charge devil sore, and because it doesn't get the battle cry because it's played immediately, uh, it's summoned for you rather than being played. It's just a seven-seven with charge. That's a weird amount of burst to have for a priest. That's gonna be like someone's going to do that, and they're gonna have fun with it. 
It's not gonna happen but very I can't often. Get rag. That's true. Terrible card. <laughs> hey man, just play it in wild. I, I can't wait until I discover this. like have something that just discovers a random spell and I get free from amber in like some random other deck. It'll be my goal then to play this card in that other deck because I won't ever touch priest. I hate priests. Priest yes. players. I, I, as much I, as I meme on priests, I always lose to them. So, I the one card I'm curious what your thoughts on uh, because it's the first spell that is a clear tutor spell that Hearthstone has ever made, Shadow Visions. What are your thoughts on that? Because of in this, you know, I this world I brought up this Reno priests without the Reno that does the Awaken the Maker's Quest and everything else, you could have it so you're only running a couple key spells, and this will always give you the copy of it that you're looking for. Do you believe this is enough power to, you know, build a, a deck in that way where you'd be able to use it as a tutor effect, or is that wishful thinking for me to, to add that idea into Hearthstone? I like it. I... As as I'm looking at the list and like we're we're making fun of priest, um, I kept on glancing over and it's like discover a spell in your deck or discover a copy. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's probably the downside is that it doesn't actually draw the card for you. It just right. puts a copy into your hand. So you're not thinning your deck. You're not. But on the other hand, though, if it's like a really good card, like I don't know. Let's throw out mind control just because that's like the priest card. Mm-hmm. You still have then another mind control in your deck, so right. it it could go either way. Um, in tomb and wild, might I don't be know. Good not for need... that. might be. Yeah, uh, it... I yeah I don't I don't know if standard priest would have the spells, uh, but you could you could discover free from the amber. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh man, just... I just love that spell. I just love. Again, it's I don't necessarily love the spell effect, but I love the name, I love the visual, and they are just not even trying to not be Jurassic Park. I, I would love it if I got it just off. Just wait of, till we get to just wait till we get to Warrior. Yeah, I mean Lear of the Sun Shard is a card that I, I'm surprised it's getting as much hate as it is online. It's in a lot of people really down on it. I understand that priest spells are not particularly great, but it's five mana, which isn't you know cost prohibitive it has an elemental tag so if elementals are good and i'm not convinced that they will be but if they are that's valuable and casting a spell giving you a new spell like it any like that is value generation i don't know that priest has these spells to make it worthwhile right now but it might be like we should remember that card an expansion from now, or perhaps even two expansions from now, as Priest maybe gets more worthwhile spells. Uh, when the when the average Priest value spell goes up, I, I think that card has a place. I don't think it's completely trash. It's probably trash right now, but... Yeah, I'd say right now. I was going to say, you say that, and then you're going to play it on 6, Power Word Shield it, not draw a spell... And it'll give you purify, and then you'll remember. Oh wait, <laughs> this guy, this card could be good in literally anything that's not priest. <laughs> yes. Oh well. <laughs> oh, Yubisa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I don't know why I said that, but just Jim Sterling's son just popped in my head. Yeah, shout out to Jim Sterling. <laughs> oh, Blizzard. Moving on away from my least favorite class uh, to Rogue. Rogue's been in a weird spot, right? Just in general, it's kind of weird, weird spot. And um, the caverns below play four man- minions with the same name, and then you get Crystal Core. Um, how is this supposed to work? My notes on Rogue, it's one line that just says "die laughing." I mean. <laughs> How is this supposed to work? I uh, gang up and shat. Wait, gang up is out of gang up's been rotated. Oh, yeah. So that's not going to be the way it goes. Let me revise my note. Die laughing hysterically. (laughs) So I guess the idea, because it's not even summon, right? It's play for minions, so you can't even have like Shara's in and be like, oh, well, I'll activate it. Name. Yes. So you can't even be like, I reactivate my shares in three times. No, that's not going to work. Um, Mimic Pod is a thing. And I'm sure that's going to be, you know, the idea behind it is that they get, you know, duplicating things like that. There are bounce cards uh, like the Youthful Brewmaster or oh, the Ancient Brewmaster. Yeah. Like, like, the problem is that those cards, like, Youthful Brewmaster doesn't see play even when we have things like brand that would get you double bra- battle cry you would think like oh the chance to get a double battle cry uh twice in a row would be valuable like we and we, we do we do have shadow caller too oh lest yes we for- lest we forget factory rogue i was gonna say that card is specifically made for dane the streamer that plays nothing but factory rogue many many times i i, I think he's a great streamer i i love watching him he's one of the two guys that i actually do follow on a regular basis he is gonna make that card work and I, because he's going to play the shadow caster and just tons and tons and tons of things i would feel a lot more confident on it if you know if if we weren't losing bran out of standard if losing Bran and Gang Up tells me this card does not have enough support in Standard, it could be good in Wild. You know, play Patches, Gang Up Patches, play any Pirate, congratulations, you've played for... Well, no, because it doesn't... It's not some. It's not summon, it's play. So you can't do yeah. that. Well, meh. I don't know, man. It, it <laughs> seems like Shadowcaster might... You know, Bran Shadowcaster shenanigans could do enough. But that's... You, you know what, that's you know what the Caverns Below is? Uh, no, I do not know the Caverns Below. It's a... No, no, no. The Caverns Below is a desperation call, cry. Hmm. It's begging rogue players to stop playing Miracle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look, we... we we're we getting rid of... Um, Azure Drake. We're getting rid of Conceal. Like... We've nerfed Gadget Zen Auctioneer. We've nerfed Leroy. Stop playing Miracle. Well, then, if they're going to do that, why did they give us Edwin Van Leaf? Because we have that now. And I think that that's... It's kind of funny that we, we, we've created this thing like, don't play Miracle, but also uh, Sherizen only works if you play four cards in a turn. And Biteweed gets significantly better if you play a whole bunch of cards in a turn. And... The Razor Petal Volleys and the Razor Petal Lashers are all built to like, hey, add these Razor Petals that just are very cheap spells that 
Aren't what do they do? Uh, it's a one mana spell that deals one damage. So oh, okay. It's really nice with any spell power synergy, um, and it's also great for again miracle style combos. You can get a lot of cheap spells and pop off like crazy. So it it, it seems like we're we're at this point where rogue. They, they don't know what Rogue is supposed to be other than Miracle. They understand that Miracle is a thing, and that if they stop putting support for Miracle, people are going to get very sad, because there are a lot of Rogue players that play for that deck, specifically. But they also have this weird gang-up thing that they've done, and Beneath the Grounds, and those kinds of cards that never really worked as well as they thought it would. And now we have Invenom Weapon, which I guess this was the design space that they were really looking for and that seems not good so like anything that isn't combo didn't seem to get any legitimate help and getting miracle rogue like i, I mean is razor petal volley fast enough i i don't i don't know it it i think it'll work i think that having so many one drop spells is a valuable thing Especially if Mali Rogue is a thing, right? Now it's a one-mana deal six damage if you get Malagos on the board. That seems pretty good, but... But how do you protect How do you protect Malagos now? Is it literally just Malagos on nine YOLO? Yes. I think that's, okay. I think that's Blizzard's actual expectation. <laughs> um, honestly, or, like... Uh, or you play Hallucination against a Priest, you get... <laughs> You get the Amber card, you get free from Amber, you get Malagos off of free from Amber. Malagos costs nine, fool. It's eight or more. Eight or more. Eight or, eight or more. That's what free from Amber says. Discover oh. costs eight or more. Get Malagos off of that profit. There we go. You can get right? your 12 12 Deathwing without having to worry about the battle cry in theory with that. It's going to be a great Tibby card. But yeah, I. It exists. Hallucination. I mean, I think discover like one mana discover a card is absolutely valuable. Oh. Like, oh right, it's discover. I was gonna, yeah. gonna say like, why would I ever play hallucination when swashburglar exists? Well, it's because you get to discover a card. Yeah. yeah, but swashburglar is a body that gets patches out of my deck. Exactly. I'm not sure that it's enough to get the pirate package out, but like, like. I would say maybe Water Rogue might look at this and say, like, there's, you know, I, do we really want the pirate package if we can do these other things instead? Like, may, maybe there's some new version of, like, a Mali Rogue that, that finds a way. It just seems like it's, it's, it would be way too dependent on not being against uh, Mage or Shaman. And that's, that's not enough for me to get too excited about it but you know maybe edwin van leaf in bite weed is better than i think it is i certainly think that in wild a lot of these cards will have a better chance to shine totally no one cares about wild i well <laughs> i'm gonna say this we're, we're saying this now it is april 5th when we're saying this i think that wild is going to matter more than people think because we have way more sets that have rotated out of wild than we had previously. Before, the only thing you were really missing was uh, uh, was Naxxramas and uh, Goblins versus Gnomes, and there were a lot of people that just weren't playing necessarily at that time, and those expansions were notorious for having a few cards that were played everywhere, so people 
didn't really want to play against them anymore. Going into wild just meant, oh right, now I have to play all the decks that I hated. So that had... You mean pirates? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Secret Paladin is a thing. Doctor Doom turn seven is still a thing, you know, every time. And so, like, I, I can see a-, a world now where people look at it like, well, I wouldn't have wanted to play then, but I would like to still play my Reno stuff now. I would still like to see how Bran works with some of these new cards. I, I think that that's going to encourage people to play more than the previous rotation would have. And if you're a rogue player, you better hope that you enjoy Wild, because it does not appear that Standard is going to work quite as well as you'd like. Well, speaking of Standard, I guess we should move on to the elephant in the room. Shaman. (laughs) Shaman, the bane of my existence, the deck that if I ever come across a Shaman, I just instantly concede because I hate playing against you. Because you're an asshole, in all honesty. <laughs> uh, unite the Murlocs. Summon 10 Murlocs, and you get Megafin, which is an 8-8 for 5 that says, fill your hand with random Murlocs. Why? Why? Why do we need to give Shaman more archetypes, Chase? Why? Well, here's the thing, Walter. If they have all of the archetypes, they'll have no archetypes. Right? Oh, wait, no. They'll just have, like, five different decks at the same time. Oh, right. Well, then I go with because we haven't learned anything with this kind of thing. Look, I I, I like the idea, actually, of of Murloc Shaman a lot more than I like most of their other decks because you can just... You play a whole bunch of cheap things, and if you can survive the early game, then they just run out of resources. And for Shaman, the one thing that will prevent that from being quite as deadly is Spirit Echo. Because Spirit Echo means, hey, remember all those cheap minions I just spammed on there? Well, now I get to come back and spam them again. And that's, you know, that has value in and of itself. And I think, you know, then you have Megafin, like, well, if you were worried about card draw, now have all of the Murlocs. Just all of them, all of the cards, and you can just spam them again next turn. And who knows, maybe you Spirit Echo a second time, and now you're going to get all of them back to your hand again. Um, there's certainly going to be more consistency with that deck than there ever was before, but I'm still not sure it's consistent enough to justify it. Like, it, like how long is it going to take for you to get to the summon 10 Murlocs part of your deck? And what do you do afterwards? And what about all of the damage spells and everything else that theoretically uh, Murloc Shaman would want to play that's going to keep you from being able to activate the quest as early as you'd like. Like, it's really an all-in or nothing. And you add in the um, every fin is awesome there is kind of a boost to make it work. Maybe calling the finishers is a thing. Every fin is awesome as you're rotating. Oh, it is? Okay. Well, calling the finishers I know is not. And that is four murlocs for four mana. That might be enough to help activate the quest more consistently. But, yeah. I mean, what do you think? Is, is Murloc Shaman, is there enough there for Murloc Shaman? Or am I being optimistic? <laughs> you have to summon ten Murlocs! <laughs> oh, if you need me, me and I are going to be playing mid-range. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the other answer to that is just, um, 
By the way, I don't know if you saw this thing called Stone Sentinel. That's just seven, you know, you know, seven mana, four four plus, uh, you know, spirit wolves, but without the overload. That seems pretty solid. Or Kalimos the Primal Lord, which gets you those four invocations that all seem really solid. And you actually do get to choose from all four. So they've uh, the science is there, people. It doesn't have to be three. We can go all the way up to four. Um, so you'll Jin. always... Yes. The Jin, Jin has finally found his time. And, I mean, I, I title surge because we needed to give them more... Oh, well, it's to a minion. So that's like a balanced version of... Jade Lightning, which means I'll never see play. Yeah. Uh, is Volcano a thing? Can Volcano be a thing? No, why would I ever play this? I have Lightning Storm and Blood Mage Thalnos. Yeah. And also just all the removal spells ever printed in the game. Sorry, Mage. Elemental like, Destruction. Yeah, what? like... like <laughs> what? What's going to happen is, at the very least, we'll probably see a homogenization of Shaman decks into mid-range, hmm. utilizing elementals to fill in the spots that were lost by uh, Tunnel Trog, by Totem Golem. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what we're that's what we're probably going to see. Yes. We'll see Kalamos, we'll see... Probably not Air Elemental, because he's kind of bad. Yeah, but, but, but Fire Bloom Harbinger, if, you know, reducing the cards, cost of cards in your hand, you can now... You know, get to the Stone Sentinel and, and Kalimos earlier. Certainly. And a lot of the neutral elementals. Yes. Um, and then you just have, like, the Jade Pack is just kind of, like, squished into the middle there. Yeah. They'll and still, there you go. Yeah, they still have plenty of damage. Tier, that, uh, tier one deck. Flay, yeah, you get Blaze Caller, you know, the 7-mana 6-6 six, six that deals 5 damage if you played an elemental that turn. It's basically, if you played an elemental, Firelands Portal guarantee yourself a 6-6. Six, six. That seems pretty good. Um, and, oh, by the way, uh, uh, we now have uh, the Fire Elemental, or Flame Elemental. I forget what the original card is. The 6-5 six, for 6 that's in basic for uh, Shamans is now an elemental. So... Fire Elemental. Fire Elemental. Okay, I was right the first time. Yeah, Fire yeah, that Elemental. Fi that so you are, so that's going to bring that back into the meta, and guess what? That card's still really good. 6-5 six, for 6 that deals 3 damage. I mean, there's a reason that it's broken in Arena, and I think it'll be very strong here. So, I yeah, mean... and Yeah. W welcome to Shaman Stone. It's not going away. At, at the very Excuse least, me, I'm just going to go ahead and uninstall Hearthstone real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. All right, there we go. Uh, I'm going to go play Gwent. <laughs> oh, yeah. don't. Hold, hold. Focus. Focus. Yeah. Focus. Focus. We're still talking about Hearthstone. Not Gwent. Hearthstone. Not Gwent, Alex. It's okay. We'll, yeah. Oh. The, the Gwent cast will be another time when it gets closer to an official release. Um. Any, anyways, do, do we need to. Like, Shaman didn't get. A ton, but at the same time, there's not, like, a lot to talk about with them unless you want to keep laughing about Unite the Murlocs. Yeah. So, Primal Fin Totem! Yeah, the, some Timmy's going to do it, because they'll get the Primal Fin Totem. You're not really going to want to spend your turn three clearing the Zero Three Totem that doesn't really do much right away. I, I, But at the same time, well, then you spent a turn not playing a Murloc, for your Unite the Murlocs quest. No, you did. You did. You summoned a 1-1 Murloc. You got the 1, but most yeah. of the things like, you know, Murloc Tidebringer is a 2-1 that summons the 1-1, one, one, right? That's But you you already gave up your 
first turn not playing a murloc to play unite the murlocs. Unless you're unless you have coins. Then you gave up one mana to play unite the murlocs. Yeah. Even worse, you're playing unite the murlocs. <laughs> okay. What what you keep saying, Timmy? And I have a sneaking suspicion I might be a Timmy. So what does that mean? There's there's three sort of like psycho or yeah psychologies when it comes to trading card games. Okay. There's spikes who are best described as shaman players or pirate warrior players. They play whatever deck is like tier one, highest win rate, rank one legend. Got it. Then you have Johnny players, who are people that don't necessarily play to win. They like doing it, but they like doing it in creative and interesting ways. For it's like my white control deck. For reference, see Firebat. Yes. And then there are Timmies. And Timmies play Unite the Murlocs. Yeah. They don't care if they okay, lose 9 out of 10 games. The I'm goal not. is that one game that they win, they got to spam out all their Murlocs. The enemy didn't have removal. They played Megafin and got all of the nice cards from Megafin and just swarmed their opponent. And they went away saying, oh man, look at all the Murlocs. Ha ha ha, I ran my opponent over. And hit him in the but face we, with my megafin. But at the same time, we need Timmies. We yeah. need, need people who will just look at every card and see nothing but the nothing but oh, the potential. ceiling. Yeah. I, I think that this expansion is great for Timmies, for the record. I think the flavor of most of these cards is really good. I, I think that dinosaurs. there are fun pos Yeah, and anything that involves giant dinosaurs. And, dinosaurs! And, you know, whatever. Like, that's going to have fun stuff for Timmies. And I think that Timmies should be excited for this expansion. We're giving it a hard time because I'm much closer to a, a, a Johnny-Spike hybrid than I am to anything else. I I really like to win. I'd rather it not be Pyro Warrior, but I'll play it if that's what I have to do. Uh, and for people like me, I look at Unite the Murlocs and say, okay, cool, but what about this Kalimos Primal Lord that just does all of the good <laughs> things? And it's, it's just super good. Like, it's just straight up, you know, Seven, eight mana, seven, seven. Already not bad. Keeps your elemental tag. Already not bad. Get these invocations. They're all super good. Every single one of them is super good. I think invocation of Earth is the worst. Well, because I, as we mentioned earlier, you have limited board space. Okay, so. but that's an eight mana Anixia. That's slightly like it's a seven, seven instead of an eight, eight. But it's eight mana instead of nine. And you got to have your elemental trigger. And like, then is not bad when they don't have removal. Yeah. Like, if you've already baited out the AoE removals, like, Anixia is still a card that, you know, if you were to discover it, it would be great. Like, you're probably not going to pick Invocation of Earth all that often, but guess what? You get to pick which one you want every time. Like, you don't have to worry about, well, maybe that option's not as good, because worst case scenario, you pick the other three, and the couple of times it is good, it's going to be very good. It's just really, it's really good. Congratulations, Shaman. You needed the help, clearly. So. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to move on to Warlock, and the epitome in this, uh, in this set of you have limited board space in uh, their legendary quest reward, which is Nether Portal, which comes from uh, Lakari Sacrifice, which is discard six cards. That's easy enough with Warlock. And you get Nether Portal, which says, open a permanent portal that summons three two imps, and Nether Portal takes up a minion slot. Yes. Alright. <sighs> Chase, question. Yes. What was Zoo's strength? Wasn't it something about, like, you control the board, run your opponent out of resources, and then grind them out with life tap? 
That sounds about right to me. Did they need help doing that? Uh, was, was Warlock having a problem grinding people? Well, the problem was that the meta was so fast that they were being beaten up before they could grind people out. But now they've added... So instead we had to play Leroy with double power of overwhelmings. Uh, that like, didn't really like work it. either in the meta, to be honest with you. Like the It zoo, worked for me, damn it. I'm, and I'm <laughs> happy for you for that. But, like, Zoo kind of fell off. For the first time ever, Zoo was like a tier two and a half deck instead of a tier one deck or a top tier of tier two deck. Which, you know, do I think that it needed the help? No, I think that the meta was always going to shift away from, you know, Pirate War being as strong as it was as other cards came in and certain cards rotated out. The... It's certainly, uh, you know, for Lakari Sacrifice, the one thing that people need to remember is that you could discard the cards that you need to discard other cards. And if you discard your discard cards, then suddenly you aren't able to discard enough cards to activate the discard quest. And I know that was a lot of discards in a row to the point where discard no longer sounds like a word, but it is something to keep in mind. Like, you've still got to do well on your RNG if you want this to be valuable. Um, you know, you have to hope that it hits your Clutch Mother's Avis, which, if it does, that seems good. You get to add plus two, plus two uh, to the beast and, and keep bringing it back. Um, that has value. You know, at what point do you just play it for the giant thing? I, I think will be an interesting question. But, like, the Lakari Fellhound, four mana, three, eight, discard two random cards, well... What are the odds that you're going to get your Clutchmaster Zavas and the Silverware Golem? And how many other cards do you really want to be discarding on a regular basis? So then you're hoping that your Cruel Dinomancer gets you the thing that you discarded and gets it back? That it's a good thing? Which seems not as necessarily reliable. But... I mean, if you, if you can get to the quest reliably, if you can life tap enough and you're discarding the right cards, it's going to be very strong. My concern is that you discard... If you discard the wrong cards, you might find yourself unable to complete the quest in enough time to get as much value as you would from, say, just playing Zoo stuff. Yeah, but Zoo's not particularly good right now. Right. So let's just go for this, like, bad insane card in Lakari Sacrifice, tailor our deck around it, and just... and put your opponent's nose into the grindstone. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. It is guaranteed value every turn that your opponent can't remove. That's... you know, that's going to be a, a, a decent... that's going to be a legitimate threat to have. You can say, Walter, you're like, oh, but it takes up a minion space. I don't care. They can't touch it. It can't be polymorphed. It can't be hexed. It can't be mass dispelled. It's on the board for the rest of the game, and you can never get rid of it. And that alone has significant When, when does value. it summon? Beginning of turn or end of turn? It says, oh, that's actually a good point. Um, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, it's the portal summons uh, two, three, two nether imps at the end of your turn. Two three okay. two reps. Yeah, that seems really good to me. Okay, Wait, yeah, that's two? way better. Yeah, two of oh, them. Oh my. Never mind. Okay. I have no oh. complaints. I have no complaints. Never I mind. No yeah. Complaints. Never my, mind. My Never bad. Mind. No complaints. I'm gonna be playing discard warlock. I'll be a Timmy. I don't care. No, you're not gonna be a Timmy anymore. That's. I'll make uh, it work. 
I'll make it work. You're, I don't care. You're going to be a warlock player because they've literally got nothing else going for them. I bet. I, I I've been a warlock player. I'm a warlock mage player. No, but I mean, like, you're going to be like every other warlock player oh. now, not because like they Reno rotated, mm-hmm. so there's that. Molten giants are still nerfed, so handlock probably isn't coming back. I mean, may, maybe like control warlock is probably always going to be a thing. Yeah, but, but like, is Tarlurker doing enough for you? Right? Like, I understand it's an elemental tag, but it's a one-seven taunt on your turn. That's not good. But yeah, it's a four-seven four, on, seven on their turn, which so it's is gonna, like fine. It's going to eat their dudes. Um, just keep playing second rate bruiser. Yeah, I. I, I get. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I'm, the, I'm just going to say, I'm going to play Chittering Tunneler. I'm going to get that Ember, that Amber card. And I'm going to be super excited. And then I'm going to After you did eight damage I to your eight face. damage yeah. for it. So. That's um, incredible. I mean. <laughs> Value Town. And, and for the record, I, I actually will say that I like the fact that Blood Bloom exists. I understand yes. that Chogal never proved that it was actually a viable uh, strategy. Um, just because. You know, you, there weren't enough uh, spells that Warlock cast that make it worthwhile. I'm still not sure there are enough spells to make it worthwhile. But at some point, I'm going to be glad that Blood Bloom exists, if only because I can get it off of a Discover or as a Rogue player, as off of a Swashburglar, and it will allow me to go beyond my traditional mana cap. And two mana is much easier to play around than seven mana in terms of activating that ability. So that is going to give it a, a greater reliability that, like I said, I'm not sure it's going to work now, but one day, and when discovered by other classes, I, I think that there's value there. That is fair. Alex, anything else about Warlock? Or, or you, like you said, all of us Warlock players are just going to be the same. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Zoo will likely be the only primary warlock archetype that comes out of this. Again, Control Warlock has been a thing. Like Control Warlock was a thing between Reno taking off and the Molten Giant nerf. So it likely may continue to be a thing. I'm not quite sure how well that will work with Pirate Warrior still existing, with shaman having the ability to grind along with you and having the reach that it does but i I wouldn't be surprised if i if slower warlock decks continue to exist certainly in play i i will say just last uh last real quick uh corrupting mist i think is interesting to me it's a doomsayer that they cannot clear but it also hurts your thing and it's it's slower than that i guess to a certain extent Oh, yeah, it hits your dudes, too. Yes. Hey, remember that conversation we had, like, two months ago when it first got spoiled about how I didn't like this card? Yeah. (laughs) I like it even less. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. But, like, you could play that and then play your minions out. And then the, you know, unlike Doomsayer, you can't clear this away. But at the same time, uh, no one plays Corruption. The Corruption is just too slow. Corrupting Mist is likely too slow as well, and that two mana, like, okay, but that could have been spent actually interacting and dealing with the threats that your opponent has. So, probably not going to work, but I just want to point that 
that out as a, a thing that people are going to experiment with, and we might get surprised by it. Probably not, but maybe. Hashtag the dream. Well, speaking of slow, we're going to move on to Warrior. Oh, are we slowing down Warrior now? That sounds nice. I mean... <laughs> That's cute. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, Warrior. Play seven taunt minions. Result, uh, reward is Sulfurus. And Sulfurus is a weapon that is four damage to durability that says, Battlecry, your hero power becomes deal eight damage to a random enemy. Hello, Ragnaros. That's... Hello, Ragnaros, my old friend. Anyways, so, I mean with you again. <laughs> warriors have armor. Do they really also need even more incentives to play taunt? Well, given uh, that they don't, yes. <laughs> Clearly. Qu question. Yes. Did did Blizzard realize that Bolster is rotating? I, I don't know if they did. That would require them to remember that Bolster exists. And that I, I seems can like confirm... Stress. Uh, no, they did not know that they were rotating bolster, and they apologized to all warrior players for this uh, for this tragedy. So no. Hey, patches. Oh, You're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I will say uh, the fact that it's play instead of summon kind of sucks because you know uh, theoretically in wild obsidian destroyer would be a thing. Um, I understand that that's a pretty fringe case, but that would be fun for me. The Alley Armorsmith is a card that does see play right now. That's two taunt minions right there. So really the question is, well, what other taunts are, you know, are coming in that would be good? And Tarlord, uh, it's, if I'm being harsh about a 4-7 taunt on your opponent's turn, uh, the 7-mana 5-11 taunt that is just a 1-11 on your turn does not necessarily make me much happier. Cornered Sentry seems like a pretty giant risk. It's like a doomed rat, uh, a dirty rat that's guaranteed to be not great, especially if they have any sort of AoE buffs at all. Um, Direhorn Hatchling? Maybe? It seems very slow to get the 6-9 taunt. So... I'm not really sure about that one. And Ornery Direhorn just, if adapts really matters. good. Then... None of this matters. Explore Ungaro. Oh, sorry. The greatest yes. Timmy card of all time, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. First craft. First craft of the set. Explore Ungoro. Fill your deck with just card draw and cycling and some interaction stuff. Slam Explore Ungoro and then... Laugh. Yeah, and then just laugh. Just laugh. Like, yeah, have fun. Best... Best war best warrior card printed in the entire set. Nay, history. My my goal will be to get this card in arena one day. Oh, totally. Oh yeah. I mean, I want this it, it's arena. gonna be it's gonna be competing with Ironhide. So good luck with that. But um, no, like exploring Goro, I like. It's kind of unfortunate that I'm more excited about like this, Mimi card that will never be good than I am the legendary quest in which you get Ragnaros's power and a weapon from doing. Yeah. But you know what? I also can't wait until we get to see like Explore Ongoro and Renounce Darkness and all the other classes. 
Like, if you need yes. one thing to look forward to, it's that seeing this extrapolated to the other classes will certainly be a treat. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's going to be fun. And I will say, as someone who has a Golden Shifter Zeris and constantly tries to find ways to fit him in my deck, I'm actually excited by Molten Blade. I think that that's going to be fun, especially because weapons are almost always good. There are very few bad weapons in the game. Curse Blade would be one, but... Oh, Curse Blade's are... rotating! That was... Well, there you go. Then in Standard, this just becomes almost always good options. So... That seems good to me. Uh, scrolling, 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 scrolling. Fine cleaver. Sure. But like <laughs> That's a bad weapon. Yeah. yeah but that. like most yeah, but you can keep it in your hand and the next turn you get to re-roll. Like that's not that's still not a terrible case scenario for same with Gladiator's Longbow, it's too slow. You're probably not gonna run it, but you know, maybe you will in some fringe case where you desperately need to do five damage without taking any damage to your face. Uh, and if not, like, okay, just wait one more turn. I, I think that the average weapon is probably better than the average minion in terms of just the scale to which that can be, you know, of, of the variety of answers. I think most, totally. I think the majority of weapons are good. So I think that Molden Blade will be good. Um, that's kind of the, the one card here I'm really taking away from it. I, I think that if Adapt's really good, then maybe Ornery Direhorn is a thing. And if the meta slows down a lot, Direhorn Hatchling can be a thing. But remember that Justicar True Heart's out of the meta as well. So it's not like you can yeah. just tank up for forever and wait to play all of these super valuable taunt things. If you want to activate the quest, you'll be playing crappy taunt things to activate it. And then you'll be left with a hero power that could hit your enemy paladins 1-1 instead of the thing that you need to hit. Or it can hit face when you desperately need to clear a minion. Or every other thing that you absolutely don't want it to do at the worst possible time. So, I'm with you. I don't think Taunt Warrior is going to be a thing. But I do think Molten Blade will be a thing. And I do think that uh, King Mosh will be a very fun discover card that should never be played at any other time. So it's going to, I'm, I'm curious to see, I guess, where this leaves them from here. Like, I mean, it's still in pilot. charge. Yeah. <sighs> leaves them in charge. Uh, moving on. Uh, we have a bunch of different neutral cards. We brought up some of the legendaries, uh, previously, uh, in particular, uh, Elise, the trailblazer and the Borax. Um, other than that, are any of these other legendaries anything interesting? Anything you actually want to use? And you, you brought up Umbra, too. So the other two. Uh, Umbra might be one of the best cards in this expansion. Okay. Just straight up. Your death rattle is essentially a battle cry, and it's summon rather than play. That's huge. Oh. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's 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 good. Yeah, and four mana that's three four, like the stats are fine for that. It's still hard to trade into for a lot of things, and being able to trigger death rattles as battle cries, and then remember you still have the death rattle, right? So it's like uh, Baron Rivaldare in theory, except your stat line's better, so it's a three four instead of a one seven. You'd almost rather have the three four every time, and you don't have to worry about you know if someone clears the Baron Rivaldare. 
don't worry, you're still getting two copies of, you know, two effects of the death rattle because one of them already happened as a battle cry now. So that seems really good to me. Like that seems to be a a card that I think will fit into a lot of different decks and that decks can be formed around uh, if there's some kind of death rattle resurgence. Um, it, it might be the thing that bails out a couple classes with cards that we're not so sure about. Like, you know... Anduin! <laughs> yes, yeah, Anduin's going to be praying that this has value. Because if not, Priest is absolutely boned. But if this is even better than we think, maybe Priest is okay. I, I don't know. Um... I know you wanted to bring up uh, the Vorax. Is there anything you wanted to just add on to that? Um, other than just... Something, something, Silver Moon Portal. Oh, God, what happened to Paladin? <laughs> um, I guess the one other one we have to... I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, for the record. Um, the one other card we really should bring up. Hemet the Jungle Hunter. That Hard is... Pass. Oh, really? You guys don't see any, any value in this one. Yeah, let me just play this guy that makes me get rid of all the interaction in my deck. Well, what what it is is get rid of all of the cards. Like, for example, if you're playing Ramp Druid and you don't want to draw your Wild Growths anymore, guess what? Now you won't. You're only drawing the big things that you want from this point forward. Or the Nourishes. Like, you get rid of all of these three-cost things that you had just to help yourself get to the endgame ramp point. So I think it'll okay. belong there. I think that fits. I'm not sure if it fits any other style of deck. It would have to be something like a, like a heavy control warrior, where like you've already used your... Played in Hunter. And get rid of all of your uh, one-drops that you yeah, need I... to summon the... Oh, God. <laughs> what? Well, well, actually, no. This is something... I, I did see people see this. If you can play Hemet Jungle Hunter... And I don't know whether you get a cost reduction any other way, or maybe you play it the next turn, and then activate your quest. You get rid of all of the one-drops you no longer want, and your entire deck now are these Carnassus Brutes. And that becomes uber-reliable to get the combos that you're so looking So you have for. your last one-drop is sitting no, in the then... No! It's after you trigger it, but before you cast the Legendary. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you can it's wipe out all of your bad... Uh, cards from the deck you don't want anymore <laughs> and then have nothing but the 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 Carnassus Brood rewards to just keep spamming and spamming and spamming and spamming and spamming. That could be really good. I, I don't know. Better hope you have Stampede in your hand already. No, yeah. I don't think you play Stampede. I think it's just the Charging Rhino. Yeah. And then like, it's Charging Rhino, some removal, one drops, and the quest. And have it. Okay, not, it's not as bad as I thought now. Yeah. I just think uh, it's it's certainly interesting. I'd love to see more cards like this um, going forward. I, I think that it, it it creates a very interesting decision of, well, do I want to, to play this? You know, in Wild, for instance, if you get this off of Elise and you get, you know, when the Oz of the Legendaries, congratulations, you've wiped out all of the cheap Legendaries that you probably don't want to be top decking. Like, oh, yeah. th there, there are some fringe cases in which it's going to be quite interesting. Unlike our, our boy Osric here, who has great art and is absolutely a terrible card. Just, I killed I, him a bunch in WoW. <laughs> that seems fitting. Uh, yeah. Moving on to the epics. Mm -hmm. um, anything in here that in particularly stands out to you? 
just play acidic swamp ooze. I was gonna say, yeah. Glut- I think gluttonous ooze is gonna actually PC play, especially if pirate warrior is still a thing. Like three mana three three is fine. You get armor, which hurts pirate warriors. You know, you know, gives it helps that guard. You know, you play that on Arcanite Reaper. Congratulations, especially if they've upgraded. You can get up to you know five to seven armor. That's huge for countering pirate warrior. You can hold on. That's to it fair. That point. And the three three is not bad against other classes. So I, I think that there's. I think it will see play. I think if we are in a heavy pirate warrior meta, I think it might be a two of. Um, because unlike, you know, Acidic Swamp is where you just destroy the thing, um, this gives you that armor back that I think can be helpful, especially if you're not Warrior and you don't have any other way to get armor or any reliable way to get armor without playing cards that are weaker. Um, so I, I like that one. I'm, I'm not sure... Actually, the one I really want to... I mean, we mentioned Blaze Caller before. That's going to be really good just straight up. If you're playing an elemental deck, you're going to play that card. The one I want to ask you about, Alex, is the Tortolan Primalist. Because this is an 8 a.m. and a 5-4. Discover your spell, and you cast it with random targets for free. Is that good? Is there is Are there enough positive outcomes from that that it's worth running? Or is this going to just be another kind of... Um, like the Servant of Yogg-Saron, where it's five mana, kill your own creature, and feel sad on the inside. It's overcosted for the stat line. Sure, you get to choose the spell that works out best for the given situation. So, like, if there's a lot of enemy minions, not a lot of your minions, you would probably choose something that does damage. If you have a lot of minions and your opponent doesn't, you probably choose a buff. But you can't you can't control it yeah it's no no if i'm if i'm spending eight mana on a dude it better be killing something more than like my opponent i mean I, I, he, he primalist will be killing something but it it's me i'm primalist just kills me i'm just letting you know there's going to be the trolden video where someone is uh steals a free fam amber like a rogue gets free from amber <laughs> discovers the tortolan uh primalist gets pyroblast and pyroblast the enemy face for lethal um to win a game that's going to happen i don't yep. know how long it's going to take but it's going to happen it'll be a trolden clip and everyone's going to laugh their ass off because it's going to happen to like crip and he's just gonna want to quit the game forever and ever so I'm just letting you know, just be ready for that moment. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, in most other cases, I think you're probably right. It, it'll be hilarious. Uh, moving on to the rares. We get another egg. I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, egg druid is a thing. Meh. Meh. We get we get um, Stonehill Defender. We have I Know a Guy stapled to a taunt. Ooh, yeah, uh, vicious fledgling could see some play. Yeah. Just because, like, think about it. You attack, it gains wind fury. You attack again, and then like give it stealth for the turn. Yes, it's and then you have better. a three-three wind fury that attacks, gets like volcanic claws, attacks again, possibly gets stealth again. Like, I think that vicious fledgling could actually be. Could actually be super strong. 
Mm-hmm. See, I was going to point out, like, even in that case, like, we have the, uh, we already know the 3-3 three, three, uh, win, uh, guy who had Inspire uh, gain Wind Fury. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can't even remember the name of that card because no one ever played it outside of, like, Arena. I think Vicious Fledgling will be really great in Arena. Yeah. I'm not sure it'll Definitely. do enough in, in Standard. Uh, Galaka Crawler is probably one of the most obvious hate cards that's ever been printed. It's it. I I don't know what the Die. flavor is of just oh by the way pirates f you like that's that's all that card is. Um, I, as soon as soon as this uh, set launches, Chris' first video is going to be a deck with just like every single ooze this, <laughs> just like all right, let's go kill some pirates. Yes, it's certainly. I mean, I'm. It's a glad I'm. I'm. It's a card I'm glad exists, but. The problem with Hearthstone inherently, right, is that there is no sideboard. So there's no way to say, oh, I'm playing pirates. Let me bring in my pirate hate. So yep. you're running it knowing that against 90% of you know your games, it's going to be a two mana, two, three. I mean, but is it this is just a-, a card that if you have like two spaces at the end of a deck, you could throw in because it still is a two mana, two, three. And it's just on the off chance that you run into pirate. And it's not a net worth. Yeah. Worst case scenario, it's um, River Crocolisk, but to be fair, every single time somebody plays River Crocolisk against me on ladder, I'm like, yay, free win. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm just it, thinking, like, like, Iron Beak Owl, back when it was one cost, was in every single deck, and while the silence is definitely more than you know, destroy a pirate, the pirate package is common enough that this is okay. It might be the kind of card that would force Rogue to, you know, kind of rotate out that pirate package for the Discover cards that we, you know, the hallucination that we mentioned earlier, if Galaka Crawler really became a a powerful tech card. But, I mean, if you look at all of the tech cards that we've seen in, in the past, like Harrison Jones saw play, but we don't really see a lot of him anymore. The Black Knight almost never saw play. Uh, Blood Knight almost never sees play. I when was the last time you saw a hungry crab on ladder? Like it's just it it really needs a, a very specific meta to be valuable. And I guess I'm glad that it's there because if pirate warriors are dominating everything, having it as a one of that you can hard mulligan for is not the worst thing in the world. Right. I'd feel better about it if we were still in like a Reno meta, in which case, you know, you need, you know, not every card is going to be optimal anyway. At least that hate is something that takes out one of the biggest decks that Reno struggled against. Right. But I, in the current meta, I'm not sure exactly where it's going to be. Uh, Servant of Kalimos will be fun for elemental decks. Just uh, four or five is a nice stat line, and you get to discover an elemental. Um, if ethereal arc uh, or ethereal conjurer taught us anything, it's that discover abilities are good. And if you're playing elementals already, being able to discover more elementals that will then activate your next elemental seems decent. Basically, the com- like extending from that kind of just drops into common where you have things like firefly that adds elementals to your hand, um, ignis elemental which adds elementals to your hand. Like that's those are going to be your primary activators for the elemental. If you played one last turn, do this. 
will probably be on the back of these one mana, one two elementals. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Was there was there anything else in the the commons in particular that we thought needed to be talked about? Um, no, not in particular. Nesting Rock has been heralded as being a little bit good, possibly for Arena, because it's a common and 5 mana and a 4-7 with possible taunt. Yes. That's, but, uh, that's what I like. I also think Ravisaur Runt may see play in Hunter if we, they do go for the flood the board kind of thing, or even in, in Discard Lock, if you believe that you can keep those two minions down, which they should be able to do pretty easily. Uh, a 2-2 two, two for 2 that adapts and therefore has that kind of flexibility, that will have some value. You know, you need to be able to activate it consistently, so it won't be used in every deck. But I could definitely see, especially if adapt is good, that card being included in, in more decks than people might expect. But that's those are the comments that I... Warlock I, Zoo decks? Yes. I, that's where I could see it. That and, and the Flood the Board Hunter decks are the two that I could see. Um, everything else, I think that there are better options. But certainly interesting. I'm glad that it exists. I'm curious to see where it ends up. But yeah, I guess that's that's the expansion yeah. there. Uh, that's that's yeah, that's pretty much all the cards that I think anyone wanted to talk about. I, I don't say, know. We've done two hours, so I think we've it's been pretty thorough. We hopefully have given you guys everything you wanted from this episode. Um, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. Any final thoughts you want to share before we wrap this whole thing up? I'm excited, but I'm... I guess not excited is the wrong word. I'm curious. I want to see where where we come out of Angoro. Because after going through this, we have a lot of questions about most of the classes. The only one that we're actually like, sure. Well... Warlock too, but like Shaman and Warlock and kind of Mage are the only ones that were like, this is where this class ends up more than likely as a result of this expansion. Everything after that is like, Arr. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's very fair. It's certainly, the game seems to be leading in a very particular place and... I, I think that we're still going to need to see where the next expansion goes and then the expansion after that before we can say for sure, like, oh, we've put ourselves in a, a healthier spot in a meta where, you know, more different opportunities are there. I have concerns about some things. I, I think that Adapt in particular could prove to be uh, almost too good, just in the case of, like, well, you got to play all of the Adapt stuff because it has versatility that other cards just don't. And if that's the case, then a lot of the previous cards are going to be kind of, you know, not quite invalidated, but there will be a a potential power creep that concerns me. That's always the case in, in card games. They, they release a lot of things that they believe are going to be strong, and they hope that it's, you know, they, they want you to buy it, so they want you to think that the cards are super valuable. But I I hope that we're not looking at some of these cards a month from now, two months from now, four months from now, and saying, oh dear God, we've got to find a way to fix all of the things because there isn't nearly enough silence and now it's become 
completely OP and we're running, you know, getting run over by Hunter on turn eight every time because charging through Carnassus Broods just hits you in the face for all of the damage. And if that's where we are, then people who are right now looking at Pirate Hunter and saying, oh, I hope this, you know, goes away are going to say, I miss Pirate Hunter, uh, Pirate Warrior, like at least they're... Dying, dying on turn eight? Man, the format's really slowed down. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Oh, Hearthstone. I, you know, we'll, Never we'll change. It, well, you know, if they want to change a little bit. <laughs> it's just a little um, bit of change. I mean, I'm excited because I'm excited for dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm less excited because of the decks that I play. I, I have a like mid-range tempo mage and my Zulok that Alex made me forever and a day ago. Those are getting changed, and now I have to, yeah, hey. Now I have to edit them and, and actually build something I can play on ladder. But there's like... There's a lot of stuff in here that I was like, I'm interested to try that. I'm like, I'm interested to, you know, I, to the point, this is the first time I've been like, I kind of want to pre-order the 50 packs. And I did. Just see what happens. Like, I'm, I'm very, very sorely tempted for it. So uh, it definitely is pulled, pulling me a little bit more back into it, especially since it is something I can play very casually. And, you know, I can play 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. Uh, as opposed to you know other games that you have to devote an hour of your time to, so I'm I'm excited. It's it's always fun to see new cards, and then I'll you know play six games. I'll play against Charm and Far or times, and I go, oh yeah, that's why I don't play this crappy game. And I'll go back to Gwent. You know, have you been playing? I have been playing Gwent. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a Gwent cast at some I point. I have I have had a hard time getting into that one, but that's really? uh, for another day. I I have I have strong reservations, but that's we'll we'll do that another time. Thank you, Alex, so much for coming on. Uh, where can people find you if they want to follow your thoughts and feels throughout this new expansion? You guys can find me occasionally tweeting about Gwent and other things at, at @bmnavos. Perfect. Uh, As always, you guys can find me at Cades underscore lol. I'm sure I will be tweeting out. I'll have to take any screenshots anytime I get uh, freed from the Amber. And yes. I'll just be like, I got it! I got it! I discovered! Or I'm going to be a Timmy and just build a deck around two of them and just be like, <laughs> screw you guys! Yeah. But yeah, you guys can find them at CADs underscore LOL when they happen. And I'm at Redshirt King. So absolutely, I'd love to hear what you guys think about all these cards. Obviously, we went through a lot, there was a lot to look at. Hopefully you guys have a, a much better sense now of, of where we think each of these classes are going to go. And so, you know, a month from now, you can send us this video and laugh at us for whatever card we missed and whatever card we thought that was going to be good that ended up being just total garbage. So I look forward to that. It, it should be uh, interesting to kind of play around with it and see what happens for sure. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you for joining us on our journey to Ungaro, and until next time, goodbye, Internet. Bye. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, 
gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.